Welcome to Becoming. You are listening to episode number 113. This is our final episode in the Spiritual Surrender series. Today we are focusing on just that, surrender. Surrender the situation to God and let Him do His divine work with you. Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am so glad that you're here with me today. Today is actually the last episode of the Spiritual Surrender series. I hope you've been able to follow along and you've been enjoying the series and learning with each step. But in case this is your first time, I just want to let you know that this whole series is based on an article that was written by Laura Brotherson. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and so much more. I was really moved by what I learned from her piece that I decided to make each individual step its own episode. So today we are wrapping it up and I'm sure you're like, Tani, we get it. We know how to spiritually surrender by now. I mean, we have been talking about this for two months, (laughs) but trust me, you guys, I value your time more than you could ever know. I would not dedicate this much thought time, study, and effort to occupy our precious space here if I didn't think that this was extremely important. This information honestly has the ability to alter your life. Each step has so much value. And when we understand this completely, we are able to live with so much more peace and happiness in our life. When we live in peace, we can be more present And then we can use our precious energy on what we really find important. And that is what will bring you lasting joy. It actually reminds me of this quote by Chris Shea. It says, the pursuit of inner peace is more important than the search for happiness or success. Happiness is but a fleeting emotion and success can be taken from us just as it can be gained. But true inner peace is permanent. That is one of my ultimate goals in life, to be able to find serenity, peace, and joy amongst any circumstance, to be able to control my natural man instincts and inner dialogue. That's really, really important to me. But I know that that won't happen if I don't dedicate my time and thoughts on working on making this process a habit for me. I start to think that I really am getting this spiritual surrender thing, but then I find myself stepping back and analyzing certain situations, and I realize that I still have a lot more work to do to help this become second nature. The author, Laura Brotherson, recognized this as well when she said, people often think they've done surrender and it didn't work, but they actually just haven't. So she then gives seven checkpoints to see if we're on target for spiritual surrender. And I found these really, really helpful. So I want to take a minute to go through each one. The first is to check on if you are feeling hopeful. You will know you are truly in surrender because you will feel hopeful, not hopeless or resigned. Surrender, which includes faith, is a form of acting as if everything is going to be okay, even when it isn't currently okay. 
because you're choosing to trust and believe that God is in charge and that whatever happens will be for your best and highest good. The second word is peaceful. With spiritual surrender, you'll feel a measure of peace despite continuing potential difficult circumstances. You are able to thrive regardless of your circumstances. Three, increased contact with God. Surrender is about increasing your conscious contact and communication with God. It is to partner with God more fully. God becomes your best friend and your continual confidant. Four, humility and submission. Surrender is a state of God will versus self will. You will feel the shift from my will be done to thy will be done. You will choose to believe that God is ever present, continually sustaining you despite your difficulties. The fifth is patience. Surrender includes an increase in patience because you now trust in God's will and his timing. You are willing to wait upon the Lord. The sixth one is a softened heart. There is a softening of the heart that occurs in true surrender. There is less defensiveness when surrender has truly found a home in your heart. The seventh is dependence on God. Submitting to the state of surrender continually brings you back to your powerlessness, your nothingness, and your utter dependence on God. It is precisely from within this state of powerlessness that you find your greatest power, strength, and peace. It's actually really fun to read over this list and think about how we touched on each of these subjects throughout the series. And I want you guys to really reflect as you hear me read through this list, how did it make you feel? Did you feel like you're on target and have made some progress? Or do we need to revisit a few of these steps? I honestly think I need to review the entire series again as soon as I am finished doing this episode. I have a feeling this is going to be one of my lifelong pursuits. It could just be a character flaw I may have of wanting to be in control. It is so hard for me to feel like I don't have control of a situation. But if you want to change anything, the first step is always acknowledgement, right? So I'm figuring that I can only improve from here, I guess, right? I know that God knows that I'm trying and I'm hoping that he will soften my heart and really bless me for my efforts. One of my favorite scriptures that I feel really encapsulates what spiritual surrender must look like to God is in Alma 7.23. It says, And now I would that ye should be humble and be submissive and gentle, easy to be entreated, full of patience and long-suffering, being temperate in all things, being diligent in keeping the commandments of God at all times, asking for whatever things you shall stand in need, both spiritual and temporal, always returning thanks unto God for whatsoever things you do receive. I really like this scripture because it reminds us to always return back to God in gratitude. It doesn't say in gratitude because you got what you wanted, right? It says, always return to him in thanks for whatsoever thing you do receive, no matter what that looks like. It may not end up how we envisioned or wanted it to, but if we see with the eyes of spiritual surrender, we will recognize that it will always end exactly the way that it needed to have happened. Even if it is difficult or painful in the moment, 
I have this beautiful message that I want to share with you guys that goes hand in hand with this. I wonder if you guys remember when I shared an Instagram post from a woman whose handle is Sydney Leanne. It was during step number five, which was acceptance and trust God. Well, she is at it again, just dropping some deep wisdom on us. And I don't feel like it's a coincidence that I come across these particular things right when I'm writing these episodes. I feel as if God just brings them to my attention. It happens so often, but I will never stop being amazed by it. It is my favorite thing. And just so you guys have a little context behind what's going on here, this beautiful woman, Sydney, is recovering from a traumatic experience that she had while she was expressing these amazing words. And I just feel personally that heartache has a great way of bringing powerful insights to the surface if we really allow it. And Sydney did just that. She had just experienced this terrible pain in her lower abdomen, which ended up being an ectopic pregnancy. And through an ultrasound, they discovered that the pregnancy had ruptured and she lost the pregnancy and she needed emergency surgery. They did everything they could, but they were unable to stop the bleeding around her ovary. So she had to have that and her fallopian tube removed. And this was just so heavy and tragic for her to deal with. And I'm about to read what she wrote talking about this really traumatic experience she went through about five to six weeks later. She said, I had a conversation with God the other day. I wondered if our first parents became like God only in the very moment that they knew good from evil. How is evil a part of being God? How does he know it? And why am I like him only by knowing it too? These are the kind of questions you ask yourself when you lose a baby and a body part and other important things in the depths of winter, and darkness feels more present than light. And the God of light and love feels so far away. And more than anything, you would like to sit with a God who knows the dark and ask him how he knows it and what it feels like to be him too. I know where you're at, he said to me with his arm around my soul. I know it's hard to understand, but I know what it feels like to be you. You are a goddess in embryo, he said. That is your birthright. The dark is why you are here. Your grief and your fears, your judgments, your hypocrisy, your belief, your selfishness, they are all gifts. They are a path to empathy, to liberation, to joy, to bravery, to faith, to benevolence. Exquisite dark expands your capacity for exquisite light. And I am all. You are here to become all too. There is a force in this world that would like us to believe that God is one-dimensional, safely kept in a nice, neat little God box of ideals, light, love, eternal joy, and happiness, all true, yet at times all profoundly unrelatable. That same force tells us that we are one-dimensional too, that when we're sad, angry, judgmental, we've totally disconnected ourselves from that God source. We feel trapped there in our destructive cycles and broken parts. But just remember, they say, remember your divine heritage. Remember that you are light and love. Then you'll know who you truly are. But sometimes walking here in this 3D world is so dark. I can't even see my hand in front of my face, let alone my own light and love. So instead, remember this. 
When I feel anxiety, I ask it what bit of God it has for me. I'm here for you to know peace, it says. When I feel ugly, I ask it what piece of godliness is yours to give me. Oh, I'm here so you can know what real beauty is, it says. When I feel offended, I ask it what gift it has for me. I'm a mirror, it says. I show you the dark parts of yourself so we can make them whole again. I feel grief and I ask what on earth it could possibly have for me. Oh, I'm here for you to know joy, it says, and empathy, just as a fun little bonus gift. I am all, every shadow and all the light. My lowest lows are the only path to knowing the full breadth of my highest highs, the only path. They are gifts, hand-delivered by God himself to us. Gods and goddesses in embryo, growing, expanding, becoming, readying ourselves to be birthed. Okay, isn't she just incredible? This spoke directly to my soul. I love the depth of her perspective and the enlightenment that she had through this traumatic time. She is so inspired. We are not here to soar through life unscathed. That would be completely pointless. We are here to be challenged, to learn how to lean into the difficulty and to see how it will transform us. I was actually driving to church last week and I saw an example of this right before my eyes. My drive to church is about 15 minutes of beautiful back roads in the foothills of Idaho. There were quite a few road bikers out enjoying this amazing, beautiful Sunday morning. I saw a bunch just cruising and then I found myself passing this man at the bottom of one particularly steep hill. He just seemed completely stagnant almost as if he was high-centered, but he was pedaling so fast, just pedaling and pedaling. He was circling so fast, but was literally not going anywhere. I'm guessing that the strain or the fear of what lied ahead of him might have just seemed so daunting. He must have just put his bike in the lowest gear possible, thinking that he may be able to try to avoid the resistance and the pain that he would have to endure to make it up that hill. And I just had to ask myself, do we do this sometimes? Do we avoid heartache and pain out of fear? We may run away from challenging experiences or quit something that was hard or make excuses to justify our weak efforts. Or we may not feel like we are worthy or ready for what is being demanded of us. This man was not progressing. And because of that, he was going to be trapped at the bottom of that hill forever until he decided to lean into the challenge, to push himself past comfort, and to prove to himself that he had the strength within him to achieve what needed to be done. We must lean into our difficulties and trust that we will be okay. Remember that there is no failure. Either you're going to succeed or you're going to learn something that will help you develop to become more prepared for the next time that you need to lean into opposition. If we didn't have these amazing metaphorical hills to climb, we would never have the chance to get into the mental shape that we were sent here to achieve. Let's learn how to welcome those challenges, lean into them, turn up our gears and get ready to be in the best shape of our lives. I hope that after eight lessons on this spiritual surrender, we are ready to take on whatever life will throw us. Remember what surrender looks like. It looks like being humble, patient, submissive, peaceful, 
faith-filled and full of acceptance of what is. I really wanted to conclude this series by leaving you with a spiritual surrender prayer that Laura Brotherson created for us. I love it. It's super simple and it helps me have so much clarity about the challenge that's in front of me. When you guys think you've done all of these seven steps and you feel like you're still struggling or you just want to keep up this practice as something you do regularly, you can use this prayer to keep on track. We can do this by going through each item or issue that we want to let go of and then verbally turn it over to the Lord to ask him to help us take care of it from here. So this surrender prayer goes as follows. Dear God, I humbly acknowledge my utter powerlessness over blank, fill in the blank there. I surrender this to thee and let it go. I am choosing to forgive myself because I know I'm doing the best I can given my human weakness and imperfection. Dear God, please do for me what I do not have the power to do myself according to thy will and timing. Isn't that just such a beautiful, simple prayer? I feel like I want to print it out and just put it on my mirror and go over it when I'm just struggling with wanting to let go. I think it would give so much clarity about what I have going on in front of me. Okay, you guys, if you made it through this entire series with me, you deserve an award. (laughs) I seriously want to personally just give you a huge hug. Enduring that was a big accomplishment. Y'all are amazing to dedicate your free time to trying to understand this concept and to learn how to have the freedom of spiritual surrender. I'm so, so glad that I got to spend this time learning with you. This series has occupied so much of my time and thoughts over the past few months, which I have loved. I have honestly loved it and it's been so helpful and healing to me, but I'm actually quite excited to shift and open up my options to what will come next here in this podcast. But I did want you to know that the next two weeks, we have a couple of our most popular episodes to reshare with you that are real life examples of a couple of individuals who have mastered spiritual surrender. You really don't want to miss them. Have an amazing week. I will miss you until next time, my friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.